The second you log in, you're like, oh shit, such amazing resources here, but there is a lot. So how how do we kind of distill that down into like, you know, that's where the benefit of all the experiments come into play is like, all right, what are the big hitters? Welcome back to the Clinical Athlete Podcast. If you're not familiar with Clinical Athlete, we're a network of healthcare providers, students and coaches who specialize in the management of athletes. We have two missions. The first mission is to connect athletes with professionals who they can trust. And our second mission is to create a community and foster the education of those professionals and future professionals in the realm of athlete health and performance. This podcast is one way that we fulfill those missions. And if you're one of our six listeners who enjoy the show, do us a favor and give it a rating on your favorite podcast platform so that we can get this information out to as many people as possible. In fact, pause this right now. Hit that five-star, maybe give us a nice little review. Boom, duty fulfilled. I'm joined on the show today with Zach Gabor to bring you a special episode. You might have listened to the recent Level Up podcast where myself and Zach spoke about the upcoming changes to what was formerly known as the Level Up Mentorship, becoming the Kalu Mentorship, and how we're going to tailor that specifically for students keeping it free. Well, for this episode, we're going to be talking about some significant changes to the Clinical Athlete Forum, some significant upcoming, very quickly approaching changes to the Clinical Athlete Forum. After six years, we've reached a crossroads, and with the growth of Kalu as a whole, it's time for a change. We'll take you through a history of the Clinical Athlete Forum, what made it awesome, where it fell short and introduce you to what's to come. We're so excited about this next chapter in Kalu's evolution. We hope you enjoy. What's up, Zach? What's up, Quinn? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Pretty good. A lot more mild than last time we talked, so no space heaters yet. Oh, good. I, I, I've got a space heater, and I'm in Southern California, but it gets kind of chilly. Like I have uh, tile floors and stuff, and since we live in <laughs> since we live in the desert, well, look, well, just listen. We live in a desert, so it at night it can get down to like 40 here. Um, so you know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Perception is a very cool thing to me. But yeah, but yeah man, 40 is great sleeping weather. Oh, for sure. I mean, I li- yeah, I'm super spoiled now. I gr- growing up in Indiana where we have all the seasons like like with you guys, I think that's just been worn away now. Six years in Southern California, I'm just weakened. Can't go back. Yeah. Nope. Um, well, we got, if, if some of the listeners had uh, listened to the podcast that we put out on the level up channels about what was happening with the mentorship. Um, it seems like that's gotten really great feedback and people are super excited about what we're going to be rolling out. And so we decided to do a similar show, but this time kind of taking a deeper dive into the clinical athlete side of things and specifically the clinical athlete forum, because as there are going to be changes with the uh, the level up soon to be Kalu mentorship, there's also going to be some big changes to uh, the clinical athlete forum and what that's going to turn into. And, and we wanted this podcast to just be a transparent conversation about that, about the evolution of of the forum, clinical athlete forum, which has kind of been the hub and the headquarters for six years, and um, you know where we plan to take it and. So it'll be cathartic. It'll be, uh, I'm excited to talk about it and it'll, it'll be a fun conversation. Yeah. I, so I'm really excited. You know, I actually applied to, uh, different colleges to be a history major. So I've always had a fascination in history and I feel like this is a really cool opportunity now to reflect back on and be the interviewer for, um, and, and being a part of it too, but the clinical athlete forum, as a really honestly man like i tell people all the time but like clinical athlete forum and clinical athlete in general was such a landmark like made such a ripple in the industry it really was like the perfect timing to really galvanize a group of motivated professionals that were kind of um you know 
tired of status quo and really wanting to push the profession forward, especially from a movement basis. So I know for me, like I've met so many of my peers and my networks. And I tell you all the time, like Level Up, <laughs> Level Up was very much started as a byproduct of the Clinical Athlete Forum, Clinical Athlete Network. So I'm really excited to reflect on it today with you and hear your thoughts and, and sort of just help with the conversation. But yeah, man, I think first and foremost, it's been a been a pretty epic ride thus far. Yeah, it, it has. I, I think we're most proud of just, like you said, like all the roots. Like there's a lot of people in our circles that can kind of like, you can date them back to being connected with with that initial clinical athlete cohort somehow. And, and that's pretty cool to see. Um, we, you know, the, the forum, we when we started clinical athlete, it was, it was the summer of 2015 and it was originally just going to be the directory. That's that, that was the initial vision that I had was just, Hey, like given the public and athletes a chance to find somebody that they can trust, that's going to understand their goals rather than just a random Google search you know, and then being, having a negative taste in their mouth about healthcare or physical therapy or whatever it is. Avoiding then, the classic, uh, avoiding the classic, like sports, like we're a sports medicine practice and it's like, does not have anything more than a 10 pound dumbbell. Yeah. Squats are bad for your knees. Deadlifts are bad for yeah. your back. Don't for all that, all that stuff. So we we're like, all right, there's gotta be, I was amazed that as how many clinicians, how many like-minded clinicians there were out there, when we put a feeler out, like I was blessed to be super involved with a big uh, training company called Juggernaut Training Systems back then. And they helped catapult it because Chad Wesley Smith was just like, yeah, man, we'll send out an email about like this idea that you have. And so we'll say a call out to clinicians who are interested in and who are athletes themselves or don't have to be a high level athlete, but you understand performance. You're not the, you're not the, the, the clinician with only two pound dumbbells in your clinic telling people not to squat. It's bad for knees, that type of thing. And I think I'm not exaggerating. I had 300 emails in my inbox from one email that juggernaut sent out. And then I sent out a couple to my channels, but like, that's how many emails I had to respond to clinicians. We hadn't even launched anything yet with clinical athlete. I don't even think we had a name at that time, this was like June of 2015. It was like clinical strength, but we looked that up and we couldn't take that because we would get we would have got a cease and desist from like Procter and Gamble because like toothpaste and stuff is like clinical strength. They had trademarked that, like all that type of funny stuff that you don't even think about, you know. For way for the better. Way yeah, for yeah. The better. And then we almost didn't do it because at the time, a very prominent um, social media and in, internet PT who there was no talk of them launching anything. And as soon as we announced like, Hey, we're going to have a directory of clinicians like a week later, this very prominent internet PT launched their own directory. And we were like, well, shit, do we even want to like try seriously? And we were like, it almost didn't happen because of that very reason. Like how stupid would that have been? Cause here we are. And, and, you know, but so, so it started with the directory and I was just amazed at how many clinicians just popped up and was like, dude, I love this mission. I've been waiting for something like this. And we spent three months just on the phone with these clinicians every day having calls like, this is what we're doing. We want to have kind of a founding group to be on the map when we launch this thing. And so it was all directory, directory, directory. And then, you know, they, it, it was like a collective idea of a forum because originally it wasn't that. Originally it was like, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll just, we'll talk, maybe uh, uh, we'll hit each other up on Facebook or, wh or whatever. It's going to be an awesome group. But they were like, well, what about like a forum? Like where, you know, where we could like share ideas, you know, and really, and really make this kind of a, a platform for growth for not only for the public to be able to find people that they trust, but for those very clinicians to then be able to interact. And we're like that, duh, like, why wouldn't yeah. we do that? And so it was like, all right, Facebook group or, you know, is these questions like, well, how, do, how exactly do we do that? And we decided on implementing an actual like forum platform that was separate from social media because we just wanted it to kind of be just that. We wanted it to be a separate hub where people could kind of trim the noise away. Well, and also an ode to, you know, your own unique upbringing and growing up in the 2000s where forums were 
a thing, you know, Dude, I so. lived on forums like a hundred percent. If I didn't have that, I, I probably would have said Facebook group. Cause that's where people are. You know? <laughs> right. and, but, but I, there were so many forums that I was just like every day. It was 2000, it was like 2003 to 2012, those years uh, just digging in. I was like, Oh my God, my own f- are like a clinical athlete forum. That sounds amazing. And, and so that, that definitely, that bias and that background definitely like, Influence that decision. 100%. Um, and so we chose this platform. You know, that it's called Forum B. That's not important. But I like, you know, it's super clean. It's got good functionality. If this was 2005, it would have been like state of the art from a... Been, yeah, that would have been some next level shit seriously, yeah. in 2005. Yeah, it's super clean. But but yeah, so that was that was the forum just kind of like was an, was an organic idea that was just like, oh yeah, duh. And so... It, it wasn't meant, it was just meant for anybody in the community that, that wanted to be a part of it. Obviously the clinicians on the directory and, and then we opened it up to students shortly thereafter. Um, and then really just any professional within the health and performance space that wanted to be a part of that type of thing. So that was this all inclusive idea that it wasn't really for any one person. It was for anybody right. interested in that. And, and when you say that, it's like when I, cause when I think back to my own experience, like 2015, like I graduated in 2015. So it was like prime time timing wise. And I think you really struck a chord in terms of like proof of concept and, and the mission, right? It was, it was the mission that was, I think, so compelling for so many people where it was just like, I, you know, I'm someone that is really determined to be providing the best care that I can. I want to align or I want to surround myself with other clinicians that are also dedicated to that. And so you had really like struck a chord with creating exactly that. You know, it was just like, I want to be a part of this community. I want to grow. I want to get better um, and be around people that are, you know, committed to that same sort of mission. And the the discussions were next level. I mean, I, I, only, I graduated in 2013 from PT school. So I was only two years out. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I was just like, whoa, I, you know, I'm a moderator of this forum, but I'm just going to like hang back here and, and learn from this crew. It was humble pie was being dished out oh, left and right every day. So that's kind of, it's funny. Cause when you open something up like that and just like, let it say, okay, let it grow like a seriously, like a garden that you don't, that you barely prune. And you're just like, I'm literally want to see what grows here and what happens. I'm just curious. <laughs> and that's what it was in the beginning. So because the directory was obviously just clinicians and the directory was kind of like still the public facing thing, those voices were most kind of took the lead in the forum. So it was clinicians with a little bit of uh, experience under their belt, super smart. And then, so that became kind of the, the forum where it was clinicians at high, high level discussions and, anybody else was kind of like just using it as, oh, let's see what the quote unquote, you know, experts talk about without yeah, trying yeah. to make it that way. Right. Um, which was great. The downside, there's always, there's always a but, right? But the issue with that is some people felt um, intimidated. They felt like they didn't know enough to engage. They felt a little bit overwhelmed maybe because some of the discussions were you know more high level than where they were in their schooling or or wherever so with some with amazing discussions and kind of quote unquote the cream rising to the top just organically you do lose something on the back end you you lose some of that that safe space feel that cultivating people to step out of their comfort zone because we weren't doing anything to deliberately push people to do that it was just like, hey, it's open, like make a post if you want to, you know, right. but, but in their mind, it was like, well, am I going to get reamed here? Cause I didn't, <laughs> you know, attach three research articles to what it was that feel a little bit. Well, and I, I will say like, I think if nothing else, and I think in a cool way, like the culture kind of emerged from some of the values of the leadership in there that stepped up and deterred a lot of people out there. Cause I, I remember there were some big names in the industry that were a part of that, but ultimately ended up bouncing from it because it was just a, they weren't, 
there was a certain level of integrity and transparency and humility that you really needed to kind of even like enter it. Cause it's, again, it was intimidating. It was really, really intimidating. But if you were willing to be wrong, there was plenty of opportunities to learn, but you couldn't go in there just like, you know, drop in some dogmatic stuff without strong support and expect it to, you know, <laughs> not, not have some pushback. Oh, you would get, Oh, for sure. And, and, and it's like, I mean, it's nobody does that now because I think of because of those initial stages like that, that set the tone. And so I'm super grateful for how that started. Because well, and it, it, yeah, and I was just calling it for what it is like, and that's why I feel super duper grateful. But ultimately, I feel like, you know, Derek Miles is almost at the one of those people that really instilled a lot of the sort of uh, values that we strive for. Um, oh yeah. Through his leadership in there, that was sort of like the lead mentor and Michael Ray, two of them really set the tone. And I think the path for a lot of the roots of the next generation of clinicians kind of coming up from there. hundred percent. And you mentioned earlier when we were joking about like the weather perception is a funny thing, but the, cause I would get all the feedback. So the reason that I'm saying, oh, people felt intimidated and they felt, um, a little bit scared is because they told me that was <laughs> probably like, like a lot of people. That was the number one feedback of what's your barrier, you know, cause we send out feedback forms and stuff. What's the biggest barrier to you utilizing the forum more. And it was that a lot of times. So this is the feedback that we were getting from people, but it was funny because if you, I mean, if you read the, the, this actual discussions, you know, you mentioned Derek, you mentioned Michael Ray and, and others and, and myself, and there was, never any personal attacks, like nothing was ever said that, that somebody wouldn't have said face to face at a bar talking shop while they buy you a drink or while they buy you dinner. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And that was so awesome. But then we would lose, but people wouldn't perceive it that way. They would kind of perceive it as, you know, a personal attack. And those are the people that would drop off when it's like, I mean, we care about these people, but if that's going to, if they're going to take it that way, it's it's tough to have them a part of this group when our values are our open transparency and pushing you know the limits of our knowledge being uncomfortable having right. these discussions so it 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 was important that we that we that was a natural filter and i'm super yeah. forever grateful for that cuz it really did set the tone um and so then you know it was like okay we have these awesome discussions, some of them spanning weeks, like the manual therapy thread and a few others like that, literally weeks and weeks of discussions on that one thread. It would take you months to go through it. And I'm not joking if you actually read all the papers and really chewed on the information. So it was like, that's great. So it's like a library, but we also want we're also seeing a very small percentage engage in those conversations compared to the membership as a whole. So right. how do we get the membership to engage a little bit more? And it was like, well, students want to have a voice. So we started to uh, create a space for students where we put an actual place in the forum that was specific to students. And we created a couple, we created roles. We created the student ambassador role, um, which was super helpful. And we just had them do very simple tasks. Um, create threads, you know, tag other students, um, th those types of things, do little meetups. And it, it was super, uh, Jason LePage, Sam Spinelli, Eric yep. Kruger, Michael, Michael Mash. Mash. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> people that you know, you know, that you that you hear yeah. about. And like Chris Hewen now and Derek Bark and Megan Broussard kind of leading the charge. But we had some amazing students leading the charge on that stuff. And that really helped because not only was it all of a sudden we saw just a rebound in student engagement, which is awesome because students are so, you know, they're so inquisitive and they're energetic and they have all these existential problems that they need to work out. So there's plenty to talk about, but also newer clinicians see that and are like, Oh, well, if student, you know, students are engaging now and they feel comfortable engaging. Well, I feel comfortable engaging. I'm a, I'm a clinician, you know, even though they were right. like looking at, the seasoned clinicians and being intimidated there. So it, it, it kind of like built more bottom up engagement 
in that way, which was really, really helpful. And that's kind of been the evolution. Like we, but through that entire time, we still say, well, the forum is for everyone, even though we're like, every time that we go through an initiative, like, oh, let's try to get this group to engage. The pendulum swings more to that group, which is good because it works for that group. But then the other groups tend to go quiet or fall off or like have the clinicians that were kind of the OG say, Hey Quinn, we love the forum, but like I have all your all's numbers now and we have these group texts. Like I don't need the forum anymore because you know what I mean? Yeah. So you kind of outgrow it or somebody who's been there since day one and they're like, yeah, I haven't really logged in in a long time, but I still support the mission. So I want to support you guys. Like, okay, that's great. Love you. Uh, well, but I and, wanna... <laughs> and the and the price point that you had it at made that doable where you're like, okay, yeah. cool. I support this. So it's for, easy. <laughs> for sure. I mean, the running joke, I would put it in emails and stuff was like for the price of your favorite over overpriced cup of coffee, you know, you have a monthly membership to the clinical athlete forum and it was true. Right. Um, and it's still pretty much true. Now it's maybe two cups of your favorite overpriced cup of coffee. But um, so so these are like, it's interesting going through six years of this and six years sounds like a really long time, but it's just funny how time goes so fast. I mean, it kind of is, a, it's definitely a significant amount of time. It's enough you know? time to kind of like see how things are going to go. Like the garden has grown. I'm seeing the patterns, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So you can kind of forecast, sure. you can forecast how it's going to continue and or how much work it's going to be to change right. it. And one of the big things is still the bottleneck of, well, if it's for everyone, then it's for no one kind of thing. We can't cater to everyone all the time unless we have an army of staffers that are kind of heading up each cohort. Right. We need student ambassadors. We need new clinician ambassadors. We need seasoned clinician ambassadors. And they're all kind of doing their own thing, which, I mean, sounds like an awesome ecosystem, but yeah. Right. And that's, so I guess that's one of the things that I think about, right. Is like my experience being involved with clinical athlete was it, it always kind of like the, the thing that was really the most attractive to it at the all at all in all was the community, but there wasn't really a commute. Like the community was, you were either in the forum or you weren't. Hmm. And so I think that that <clears throat> has been one of the ultimate opportunities and why part of why we kind of like wanted to ultimately work together was being able to have a space now for all of the different subsets of people to have a community where everyone could get together and not have it necessarily have to be the need of this one specific product, you know, the forum. Exactly. And the forum almost acted as a sandbox to try out lots of different things. Like I didn't have any trepidation with just experimenting like oh let's try this student ambassador thing oh let's try this office hours thing where we opened up certain days of the week and i just kind of like literally just sat on a zoom call and anybody that wanted to pop in pop in and let's just talk shop and we did that and we realized that it's awesome for the people who show up but then for the 97 percent of other people who don't they don't get it or they didn't right. even hear about it or so it's like oh we didn't really market this well enough for people to even know it existed. And we did, you know, lots of stuff like that. Um, seeing how webinars go and, and just seeing how organic discussions go and so many different initiatives that it was really, really useful. Cause that's even things that quote unquote fail in a sense where, well, this isn't sustainable. We need to pivot or just scrap this altogether. We, now we have information on, on that particular thing and what it would take to, you know, bring it about in the future or if, if, if it would be even viable. So that was a lot of fun. And it was also extremely useful information to take forward into, you know, this next iteration. So we were like, it's still the, like the, the concept of just having a headquarters or having a platform and a hub for a community still exists. Like there's still a need for that. Right. And even now more so than ever still with the digital age 
Like if you don't have that, it's kind of like, what are you doing? So from that perspective, it's that having that is still useful. What we've talked about is the platform itself. Our forum is literally just a forum. And like I said, in 2005, it would have been like the best forum on the market out there, but it's, it's not, it can't compete with social media just from a functionality standpoint, from a, that quick hitter standpoint, it doesn't, it's nice on mobile, it just doesn't work as well. So you think about all those barriers to just using the platform. Like we've got so much amazing information inside of this forum for the past six years, but people, it's just hard to access. Right. Um, and so that's one thing. It's finding a platform that is more functional, easier to use from that sense. And then it's drilling down to who can we best serve? with this community. Um, looking at the past six years, you know, what cohort has gotten, has been the most active, the most consistently, and, and based on feedback has seemed to get the most out of it. Um, which, and then we say, okay, let's take that cohort and really build something special for them and make sure we still have things for the others. Right. But really, really focus in on, on making something really great for those who are gonna use it the most. And that's, and so that's a big aspect of it. And then it's thirdly thinking back to all these little initiatives, all these little experiments that we did in the forum, taking a few that seem to have worked really, really well. And, and then saying, well, why didn't, what could we have done better? We could have just created more awareness, a more automated way of systematizing them so they could be more sustainable and, and maybe having a few more people kind of in charge of those very specific initiatives. Yeah. I feel yeah. like, I feel like, um, the clinical athlete, Oh, like, and I am very aware. I remember all the different sort of initiatives and things that you would try. And it's almost, it's a blessing and a curse because it gives you a ton of data. But then on the flip side of that is like, now when you log into the forum software, there's like a lot there's a lot of stuff going on, mm -hmm. which can almost be incredibly overwhelming. So I know when we were kind of, cause this has been, I mean, shit, I literally remember over the last two years at the very beginning, we were like, okay, like let's, are there any opportunities to maybe improve the forum experience? Or like, what are we, what are we seeing with it? And that was always one of the things that sort of stuck out to me was just like the second you log in, you're like, oh shit, there's a, so such amazing resources here, but there is a lot. So how, how do we kind of distill that down into like, you know, that's where the benefit of all the experiments come into play is like, all right, what is, what are the big hitters? What are the things that we could focus on and like just knock out of the park? Yeah. And some of it's art, like when you log into the forum, it's like, whoa, there's a lot here. It's not just discussions, but some of it's then artifact. Like some of the stuff in there are, are old remnants of initiatives that I try that we tried you know, right. two years ago. And we're like, oh, that, that was fun. We're not doing that anymore. And then somebody was like, hey, is this still a thing? Like, oh, <laughs> I, forgot about, I forgot that was still in there. Like that type of stuff, you know? And, right. and so when you're a little bit more focused on what you're doing and you have you less things that you know are effective and valuable for people and you put you can better keep track of things and, and it just makes more sense for people intuitively. So that's kind of where, you know, where we've been and, you mentioned like the last couple of years, we've been talking about how to better optimize the forum, but up until this point, it has been kind of a crossroads. We like the garden is out of control in a sense of it's not, it's not sustainable in its current form, at least for scalability and, and growth. And, and impact. Hey guys, Quinn Hennick here. Here is your brain break from our awesome conversation with myself and Zach. If you're wondering what the first step should be in getting involved with the Kalu community, I would suggest joining the free Kalu community Facebook group where amazing discussions and networking go down every day. That link is in the show notes. But keep listening to this episode because we're also going to tell you how to become a founding member of the amazing platform that we're building for you to start 2022. So with that, back to the show. 
the the proverb that has kept coming to mind, especially with the garden theme, and this has been at the top of my mind, same with the level up mentorship, but a garden that is not growing is dying. And I don't even yes. know that it's, I think that's also part of it is like we've level up coming into the mix has definitely hijacked the energy that you would have been putting into trying to tend to the garden a little bit more, but consequently has led to maybe contributing to some of the lack of engagement or things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think more so it's, it's highlighted what was going to happen. The inevitable crossroads that we were going to have to take anyway. And it highlighted and it made more sense that, okay, action needs to be taken. So I don't, I definitely don't see that as a negative. I, I think we would have ran into the same deal. It's just like, if you're not pruning the garden, then like you said, it can only grow to a certain point and then things start to suffocate other things. And then it, so it always just always grows to a certain level and it can never expand beyond that. And we see that with the literal numbers of membership. Like we've been very steady with our membership numbers for the past several years, but well, why is that? Cause we're not getting new members. No, we are, we are actually getting new members. It's just that you see, you know, a drop off. And right. so is that drop off just natural and that it should occur because people are naturally outgrowing it and that's just the way it, it should be? Or is it because we're not able to tend to those people as much as we kind of like, you know, swing the pendulum to different initiatives? And I don't know the answer to that, but I would like to. And I think if we are, <laughs> I think if we're better organized and we know who we're talking to, we will have an answer to that question. Um, yeah. Well, and just, I think that was the thing that was so like, when we actually, because the summit was the ultimate proof of concept. They were like, oh shit, something's cooking. There's a lot of alignment with the mission, obviously, level up stemming from clinical athlete origins, but just having the support structures now where I know for both you and I, <laughs> a point that gives us tremendous anxiety is like making sure that we are having really amazing opportunities for all the different people in our communities, which is again, a blessing and a curse because we were both really constrained with like level up mentorship was for everyone. Clinical athlete forum was for everyone. But now on the other side of this, there's the opportunity to say, holy shit. Okay, wait, like we have the opportunity now to provide incredible opportunities and experiences for all levels but now actually focusing in and being way more intentional about who, who this is for, what's the intent of it, what's the mission of it. And that's always going to make something a way better experience when you're able to be really crystal clear on that. And that wouldn't have been so clear, I, I think, if, we, if this natural evolution hadn't taken place. If we hadn't started so broad... We wouldn't yeah. know. And it's the same with you, with the level up mentorship. Wouldn't change it for the world, though. Yeah, I mean, feel like yeah wouldn't change it way. for the world. Yeah, and exactly. it's like, and it's been so, and that's the other thing that I admire about you and clinical athlete community is just the big picture thinking, right? It's it's always been about the big picture. And th I mean, shit, six years. Um, for us, it's been four years of growing it, but it's really cool that it's all kind of happened so organically over time. And now it's like, oh, damn, okay, like this makes sense in terms of how this all fits together really, really nicely. Um, so, yeah. So, all right. So it's like, where do we go? Um, well, we finally, I think after this last couple of years of talking about it, where do we go? Where do we go? Uh, we've kind of finally figured it out, both from a literal and more meta sense so taking that first problem of the actual platform and making it a little bit more mod modern, we've, we've found a platform and it's pretty cool. Um, it's new. I don't even know if we want to name it, but yeah, you know, we just, can. okay. So, so I'm just like paranoid if we <laughs> fucking change our minds. It's too late like, now. No, it's but that's too not going to happen. <laughs> um, it's called Circle. And some people might be familiar, but maybe some people not, but it's a really, really cool platform. It's super new, which is good because that means that they're still very much in um, kind of in touch with their 
with their members, you know, us being their members, people who use their platform. So the feedback is real good. Our feedback matters to them. Like they can still make changes, but you know, it, it, it's just, it's going to be easier to um, access from a user standpoint. It's going to allow us to be able to segment groups better and um, just have a really well-organized and clean space for people to come and experience the Kalu uh, experience and what we're going to offer within that easier, better, and something that's going to be, I think, on par with their favorite social media platforms, um, where there's the forum just wasn't. Yeah. I think I was really impressed with it because I actually remember looking at it about a year ago and it had literally just started. Um, but there's been immense growth in it over the last year. And now the features and the functionality of it is phenomenal where it's almost like, I almost think of it as almost a combo between like a Slack and a Kajabi where it's Slack can feel a little bit impersonal sometimes because it's all just very text-based. Um, and Kajabi is a great place for uploading courses, but it lacks the community functionality where you can't really engage and interact in meaningful ways. And so Circle is this really smooth app that is on desktop, but super easy on, on phone, which that's just the reality that we live in is like so easy to click in, access all the different things. So I'm yeah. really excited about that. I think it's going to be uh, really well received. I do too, and I was I was worried because our like our forum we call it forum B is the platform, but it's it's got really good functionality for just like having videos and attaching documents and just that type of stuff. You know, I didn't want to lose that, and we were looking at a lot of different platforms. We're like, ah, it's just is this really going to be good enough for like the types of discussions and things that we want to put in here? But we this is I think just ticks off all the boxes, and so yeah, that was the big thing. Like we spent a lot of time looking at platforms. So we're going to, well, right. And, yeah. and it was, but also I think just, I want to state, I think, you know, it was solving a really big problem, which I think was just some of the friction with current day use of the forum. One of the biggest roadblocks, like from a user experience, like for me, like I get a notification and it's like, I, you know, I didn't have it set up on my phone because that takes a whole process to do that. Um, but you get a notification, you're tagged in a thread. Okay, so then you need to log in on your desktop or your laptop, log in, access it, and uh, just a lot more barriers to engagement. So I think that this is just going to make it much smoother. And then I think, Quinn, maybe that leads in perfectly to one of the other problems that we were trying to kind of solve, which is just like, again, when everything's important, nothing's important. And there's a lot of, lot of different artifact and stuff on the forum. But yeah. I think having some clarity around like what are what are the key 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 features that we're trying to focus on with this new version of it yeah so kind of taking what we learned and saying oh this worked really well let's just do this really well and exactly one like the cornerstone of a forum or any community is just the discussions so that's going to be one of our our three big pillars is just the professional discussions that are going to happen we want this this space to be the go-to resource for Kalu-based clinicians when they have a clinical question, when they have some insight, when they have a resource they want to share, when they have a resource they want to dig into, the a, a space that is that is still um, viable and and a safe space for professional discussion. So that is still very much a pillar. Is just the organic bottom up, you know, maybe from a top down standpoint, we figure out ways to increase engagement, but just being able to discuss things and, and hash those things out whenever you want in your, you know, you got it in your pocket, that type of thing is, is one of the cornerstones. So we won't lose that as we transition to this new thing, which was extremely important. Um, number two is one thing that we that we did that we all kind of had the similar themes was calls were mentor calls or or just live virtual professional discussions in the forum where we would jump on a zoom call and maybe it would be topic specific maybe it would be open ended the office hours fell into this bucket the sprint calls fell into this bucket that were wildly successful where i would just jump on a 15 minute call with 
somebody and we'd hash out their issues. We just ran into sustainability problems with it, just like anything else. That was, but people got crazy benefit from that. Um, we did other, we did like topic specific roundtables that were super right. successful where we get five or six of us to talk shop about a specific topic and people could join in and we, you know, so it was like, okay, what are all these, what's the commonality of all these things? Well, they're just, they're essentially forms of, of mentorship, but they're live. And that's the difference where we actually get to interact yeah. on a human level that is removed from the professional discussions that doesn't provide that aspect of it. Well, and everyone's going to have different learning love languages, so to speak. And so while some people might be totally cool with strictly text-based, forum-based, I think that there's just something so um, engaging about the real-time, face-to-face connections. And I remember getting the emails about those things and feeling like, ooh, like super fucking excited. Like for me, my personality is such that I would gravitate towards that. And if I had that resource as a new clinician, would be ecstatic to have access to trusted mentors like that and get to connect with some of my peers that are going through the struggle as well. So I think that was a no-brainer to get into the mix for this new rollout of it. Absolutely. So we've got, you know, with this new program, we've got the professional discussion, which like you said, if that that text base where you can really just kind of like if you want to dump your thoughts out or however you want to do it, you know, we're going to organize that space um, for that and then provide the opportunities for us to actually be able to talk with each other and hash out similar things and um, be able to do it, you know, live and have that be sustainable. So put the systems in place. We're going to have the systems in place to be the, have this on a recurring schedule Um you know, we're not going to have logistical issues with that because it's, we're going to have a team in place. So all the problems and bottlenecks that we ran into before, we're going to take care of all that stuff. And, and so this is now not a new thing. It's just going to be better. And, and that's what we kind of talked about. Like, we're not going to reinvent the wheel here. We're just going to pick the things that we know are valuable for people. And we're going to do those really well. Yep. And yeah. And then one of um, the other things that has been something new in the forum has been this, this concept called a resource guide. And shout out Chris Hewen, who is our, our student ambassador, and um, he leads our student calls, and he does a lot for clinical athlete. And, and if anybody knows Chris, they know that he's insane. And he yep. does a lot. Maniac. Yeah, maniac. And so he started putting together what he called, we call resource guides because he called them resource guides in the forum to begin with, but just kind of aggregation of different modalities of resources on a particular topic. So if it was knee, you know, treatment for knee osteoarthritis was the topic, then we would, Chris would curate and with the help of, of Derek and, and he would tag team other members of the forum to help as well, which I think was so cool. Because it was like an initiative that was just created organically within the community, which is amazing. But so, you know, knee osteoarthritis, current research papers on the, on the topic posted, um, videos, so maybe like lectures or YouTube videos from trusted sources that we can vet because we either, it's kind of like a group think. You know, is this a trusted right. resource kind of thing? We have our just an amazing network of trusted resources. So um, videos, even just blogs from trusted resources and just other forms of media. So it's not just like a compiled list of, you know, references that you go and find yourself. No, the relevant research, research, uh, researchers right there, podcasts on the topic from trusted sources. So you have now this resource guide on a topic with multiple forms of consumption based on like what you said, your learning love language. And it's, it's compiled there. You've saved you hours of work by just finding this stuff. It, it was so stupidly simple, but, <laughs> but so practical, so practical. And like the honestly, cause we, again, we get feedback. We do things based on feedback and we learn like over the past year, the most positive feedback that we've gotten has been about the resource guides. Right. 
Well, they're not like I think back to my struggles, you know, just new like new grad life is just rough, like because you're just drinking from a fire hose, <laughs> but you're constantly seeing different presentations and you're not going to be a master of everything at once. But I specifically remember different rabbit holes of like, oh, shit, you know, I've been doing transverse friction massage on patellar tendinopathy for a while now. Like I, there's gotta be a better way. And I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I don't feel confident in my management of that. So I went on a rabbit hole of like just a deep dive down tendinopathy. And yeah, it took me kind of a while to aggregate all the resources, but having something like a resource guide literally solves that problem within an instant. You have access to some of the most vetted, trustworthy starting points to guide your growth in a specific topic. It's just the where it, it solves the where do I start problem. Right. And it's not going to be the all of the re, like you're never going to have all the right, resources right. on top of it, but we promise like if you dig into one of these resource guides, you're going to come out the other end being able to sit at the table and have conversations about this topic and having a much much uh better feel on where to go from there to learn even more. Like you, right. you will just be more oriented. There's no way that you don't come out having a, a way more uh, a confidence in the breadth of your understanding and the depth of your understanding on a particular topic. That's that's exactly it. Because it's like when I think about what we do, it's not like we're trying to force a specific type of treatment down people's throats or anything like that. But it's really about broadening perspectives and informing. Like that's our shtick is like being as informed as possible. And these are exactly the ways to accomplish that. And then being able to have a conversation with it, with trusted peers, people that are also informed on these topics um, and might have different interpretations. That way you can have some really meaningful discussion. And that's like, that's where the growth happens. It's yes. like hashing it out, sparring with your, with your friends and your peers. Like it's the funnest, that's the best part. That's the magic. No, you said it perfectly because you're going to get 10 people, 10 different people reading the same resource guide and you're going to get 10 different interpretations. They may, right. You know, eight of them may be along the same lines, but you're going to, it's going to be a spectrum there. So that's what makes it so awesome. Cause like you said, okay, then now the magic happens when we actually talk about these things, try to make it applicable. But again, the, just the, the, the resource guide itself has catapulted the person to be able to jump right in right away. Right. It's like, cause I'll be honest, I've spent energy and time curating information. And then that was all the energy and time that I had. <laughs> and then that, that folder of shit just, uh, you know, sits there. Yeah. yeah. So, so resource guides, um, this curated aggregated information, topic specific information is going to be a pillar of this new program. Um, it's going to be, and we've got dozens 40 plus already. Yeah. Already. Um, so these, so curated information, topic specific curated information at your fingertips in, in many different forms of learning from vetted, trusted resources is one of our pillars, our, our virtual live mentor calls with Calu team, the Calu community, um, on various topics in various ways is, is a pillar of this new program. And then of course the professional discourse and discussions and being able to hash it out, right. creating a safe place, safe space, vulnerable to be feel uncomfortable, feel vulnerable and transparent, uh, you know, to be able to do that as well. So those are kind of like the three big hitters and those are not new. They're not different than what we were offering with the clinical athlete forum. They are just the things that always rose that have seemed to ro- rise to the top in terms of what's valuable for people. Right. And so we say, cool, let's prune everything else away and, and do this really, really well. Right. The big three, just focus on doing three things extraordinarily well, and it will make such an amazing experience for people. I'm super excited for that. And I guess it leads perfectly into this question. Maybe we should have started with it, but who, who is this for, you yeah. know, and, and kind of having a discussion there. Well, cause those were our three issues, right? It was get a better platform, focus on what we can do best, and then dig down to the cohort who, who will be able to get the most out of it. Right. And so in our, 
prior podcast that's been on this on level up, we talked about the Kylo mentorship being for students. Like these are the same questions. Isn't it funny? I feel like I'm getting deja vu talking about this because it's the same it's the same questions that we talked about in there. So like the Kylo mentorship we felt was going to be best served for students um, going forward. And when we looked at this, when we looked at the clinical athlete forum, we said, you know, over the on uh, over the course of this six years. The inf- looking at all of the information, looking at all of the discussions, seeing the students evolve into new clinicians and seeing this kind of natural evolution, we decided that new, new grad, young clinicians is really the target here. And um, for a myriad of reasons, but that's who we're really, really going to cater this new program towards is... Right new clinicians passionate about growth potentially overwhelmed by you know being thrown into the into the wolves so to speak into new clinical practice with a new schedule a full schedule or uh, potentially lack of mentorship or just an inability to be able to take all the information that they're getting the good information that they're getting and applying it to clinical practice on the daily do right. all of a sudden being able to read and watch something and say, oh, I understand the research and boom, how do I apply this? Because um, I got this person, I got 20 people in front of me on Monday, that type of thing. And so we felt that this new program would be best served with these three big pillars that we talked about for, for that group. And I think the background, con- <clears throat> like the backdrop is so important here because that decision would have been literally impossible to make if we didn't have an awesome, engaging community that is totally free and accessible to everyone. And you see the true, like in that community, you see the true like beauty of interaction from students to seasoned clinicians to everything in between. And it's an awesome, awesome, awesome resource. And that's what allowed us to feel comfortable saying, hey, look, Level Up Mentorship, now Calu Foundations, has huge opportunity to really be best served, really tailoring and focusing on getting in front of as many students as possible. The reality is that when you graduate, it is quite overwhelming. Like it's really fun. It's amazingly fun. It's amazingly humbling, but like having trusted mentors and trusted community to help guide you in the right direction, I think is just imperative and having something that is still really accessible to people, not crazy priced out. Like I think this will be really reasonable for a lot of people looking to get after it. Um, but I think it's going to be an incredible resource for those newer, you know, I, when I think of it, it's like that sort of like end of third year PT student to like, you know, two, three year out new grad. That's just like really hungry to grow and surround themselves with a really driven network of peers and mentors. Um, I think, I think that's also going to make the experience for this way better because it's just going to be that like really infectious uh energy pushing each other to keep getting better and everything that we know you know all the anything new that we do or any anything that we do within it we know who we're going to be talking to so that will allow us to make it that much better from the very very beginning as opposed to it just kind of being an experiment and saying oh who's this going to be good for that type of thing and i don't even know if we've said the name of it but so this whole thing, you know, we, you change the level of mentorship to uh, the Cali mentorship. We're talking about how this is kind of an evolution and clinical athlete forum 2.0, or I say like 3.0 with all the cool stuff, you know, that we're going to be doing it, but we're, you know, we're going to be calling this thing Calu plus. Well, and, and I think part of it too, though, Quinn was like the forum is classic. It's a great name, but it's more than a forum. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't, the naming of it doesn't do justice to what's included inside of it. Exactly. And I, and I love the idea of Calu plus as like a next step. You know, if we right. think about kind of the timeline of, of the user's journey and you're a student, you go through the Calu mentorship, um, you learn a ton in school, you're raring to go. What's next? You know, what do we add to this experience? And then it's, it's the Calu plus community that's just the next step, you know, right. it, perfect for, for the evolution of, of your growth as, 
as a clinician who wants to know more and, and do better. Well, and I think too, just to like, one thing I love about our community is like never shy about promoting all the incredible mentors we have and all the amazing like weekend courses, tactical courses, principle-based courses. But again, having access to a trusted group of mentors or like that's the thing that I think we're most passionate about is like the in the weeds mentoring, you know, is that's it for me. And so I'm so excited to be able to have that as a hub for people and uh, just be able to help the next generation get after it, make an impact in their own unique ways. And um, I, it's just a resource that I wish, you know, I, I did like the forum was something I had access to, but I think in even, even in a more tailored way now, I think it's just mm-hmm. going to be really, really powerful um, to do that. So um, I, this all has been so much change and like anxiety causing, I know for you, for me, but um, we're doing it. And like you said, there's been so many lessons learned over the last six years, seven years of seven years for me being out in practice. But I think that this all is starting to make a lot of sense and um, really excited to get after it, man. Yeah. So, you know, people are probably like, oh, when this is going to happen? Um, well, we're proud to say the start of 2025. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, when's this happening, Zach? So, yes. You'll learn deadlines are crazy. Uh, everything takes way longer than you think, especially I know for us, like very psychotic about making sure that everything is very thoughtful and intentional and polished, um, you know, before getting it out, because we've had iterations of this that we tore up, broke down. But proud to say that we are looking ready to go. It's we'll start basically the plan is we're gonna have a founding members group that's it's going to be locked out for the month of January. And what we're going to be doing right now is we have a pre-sale wait list for our founding members that by the time this podcast launch, you can go check out the website that we put a ton of effort into that I think is pretty damn slick. Um, But you can sign up for that. And basically, we're going to be getting out um, that founding members offer to anyone on that pre-sale wait list last weekend of December. So December 27th, that's really where we're going to be running this and and trying to just get a great group of people to get started with us. Um, And then we'll be opening it up, opening it up to everyone at the end of January. But um, if this is something that sounds exciting to you, definitely make sure you're on the pre-sale wait list. And that will be opening up last weekend of December. And you know, we will be hooking it up big time for everyone that is rolling with us from the beginning. Yeah, buddy. So if you're listening to this, look at you're like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Look at your phone and check your date because it's going to be f- soon. So yep. get, yeah, so get on this. This is happening, and it's it's happening soon. And uh, you know, and we want you to be a part of it. Yeah, it's going to be. That's always the best part is the people that are a part of this are so damn engaged and inspiring, and uh, it's definitely a very infectious environment to be a part of. So if you are looking to get after it in 2022. Let's go. Hell yeah. All right. So I think that about does it. I think um, Quinn, I guess just for, I, and for all the people currently in forum, just make sure that you're checking your emails and messages from Quinn because he is reaching directly out to all of you kind of step-by-step step in terms of um, just what to know for next steps moving forward. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if forum members are listening to this, they're probably thinking, "Okay, well, what happens? You know, what happens to the forum that I'm currently a part of?" So, check your emails. Um, you'll you're getting emails. If you haven't got them, reach out to me. But we're going to walk you through, you know, step by step, what the future holds, and um, and we have we have plans for that. So, be on the lookout. Sweet. All right. Good. Sick. Yeah. All right, sweet. We got a little secret Santa action happening tonight at the Winchester Clinic. So gonna gonna go get ready for that. Nice. It'll be fun. Yes, sir. Hope you have okay. a great weekend. Uh stay stay warm out there. Um I know it's super <laughs> chilly. And we'll talk tile, soon. The, the tile floors, man, they'll get you. All right, Zach. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, <laughs> getting you some nice slippers. Have a Please. good one, everybody. Bye.
hope you enjoyed this conversation with myself and Zach Gabor. And as always, thank you, the clinical athlete community, all six of you, for joining us on this journey of knowledge and improved practice in both the gym and clinic. And one more time, go to the link in the show notes, sign up for the founding members Calu Plus email list. This doesn't commit you to anything. All it does is tell us that what we talked about on this show and what Calu Plus is going to offer plays to your heartstrings and you want to learn more. So with that, thanks everyone and talk to you soon.